0: Now, it's time for the Cybersecurity News bite with Jim Guckin. Thank you for joining me again. This is episode number 13 for April 4th, 2022. Apple rushes out zero-day in both macOS and iOS. QNAP customers waiting for a fix for an open SSL bug, among others. GitLab releases a patch for a critical vulnerability that could let attackers hijack accounts. Chinese hackers target VMware Horizon servers with Log4J. Now, Apple uh, rushed out patches for two zero-day vulnerabilities affecting both its macOS and its iOS on Thursday, both which Apple's claiming might currently be under active exploitation. Uh, It pretty much allows the actor to disrupt or even access the stuff that's going on in your kernel. Now, the iOS one is tracked as CVE-2022-22675, and the macOS flaw is tracked as CVE-2022-22674. Now, let's talk about the uh, macOS and iOS one, the 22675. It's found in the Apple AVD component, and what it does is it pretty much allows... Uh, application to execute arbitrary code with the kernel privileges. You know, the highest level permissions you can get. Now, Apple said in their advisory, it's an out of bounds right issue was addressed and improved bounds checking. So they not only fix it, but they put a little more emphasis on checking the information that's there. And Apple also said Apple is aware of a report that this issue may have been actively exploited. So when the vendor's telling you that, it's something you really need to pay attention to. Once again, this particular one was iOS and macOS. Now, the other one, 22674, uh, is described in the advisory as an out-of-bounds read issue in the Intel graphics driver of macOS. That's that's Intel for you. Uh, That could allow an application to read the kernel memory. Now, Apple has addressed the bug, which they say may also have been actively exploited with improved input validation. This is according to Apple. Now, as is typical, Apple didn't disclose more specifics on the issue and exactly what these exploits or where these exploits may be occurring. Uh, and, and it won't do so typically until it completes its own investigation of the vulnerabilities Um, They did say that they would, you know, they would let us know in the advisory. I'm I'm not holding my breath for that. Now, customers are urged to update your device as soon as possible to patch the bug. Remember, it came out Thursday. So if you haven't updated since Thursday, it's something you need to pay attention to. Now, just to mention, these are the fourth and fifth zero-day vulnerabilities in Apple products in the 2022 year. In January, there were two zero days uh, in uh, its device OS for iOS and iPad OS. In February, Apple fixed another actively exploited WebKit bug which allowed threat actors to execute arbitrary code on affected devices Uh, And after they pretty much went to a, a website with, you know, maliciously crafted content that took advantage of it. Now, Is this good or bad? Uh, You know, so the number is kind of on track to meet or maybe possibly supersede the number they had in 2021. Now, I had to look back in this, and according to Google researchers, there was 12 zero-day vulnerabilities in Apple products that Google tracks in their zero-day project. So they may meet it. They may have, you know, a couple more that come out. They may go over. If I was a betting man, I wouldn't say under, but I could be wrong in this. So uh, it's very important that, you know, a lot of people tend to have this idea that my Apple product is secure and, you know, that doesn't get viruses and it doesn't get malware and, you know, it's not, uh, you can't hack it as easy. Uh, That, that ship has sailed quite a while ago and I know people believe it, but This goes to show you, look, there there was 12 zero days last year. We're already up to our fifth zero day as of the time of this recording. So they can be exploited. They will be exploited. And hackers will do whatever it takes to get access to whatever either data or financial records or even information you may have on your device. It doesn't matter what it is. Windows, Linux, Apple doesn't matter. They will find a way in, and they will use sometimes some of these third-party ones. Like I said, the 22 uh, 674 one, it's a driver for an Intel. Like that's that that's the level they're going to attack. It may not be as secure as some people want to believe it is. So make sure you're constantly updating your devices. Uh, make sure you uh, you check often. I recommend at least once a month, if not more. I think I usually check my mobile devices pretty frequently. Um, my computer is kind of easy. It's, you know, once a month. But my phone, I think I check about twice a month to see if there's any updates that I may be available for just to make sure my my personal environment is secure as possible. Now, if you're using QNAP, you need to be aware uh, because the a lot of customers right now are waiting for the company to release a patch for the open SSL bug that that's currently impacting QNAP devices. It affects most of QNAP's network-attached storage devices. So if you have one of those, be aware. Uh, And what it can do is, it's very interesting, they can trigger an infinite loop that creates the device, you know, to not be responding for a denial-of-service attack. Now, it is tracked as cve twenty twenty two oh seven seven eight with a CVSS score of 7.5, which puts it in the high severity category. Now, the interesting thing here is OpenSSL has patched that. And if you don't know what OpenSSL is, OpenSSL is a popular uh, cryptography library, primary used uh, by networking software that offers an open source application to use TLS. So they patched it already, but QNAP hasn't gotten around to applying the fix to their devices yet. You know. There's usually testing involved to make sure things work while well, QNAP is still behind. And what caught my attention with this, not as just that QNAP has to catch up and uh, patch this, is QNAP is actively telling people that there is no mitigation available. So it's patch or you're vulnerable. Uh, and they pretty much say, you know, keep checking back and install security updates as soon as they they they're released. I mean, that's kind of a scary thing if you have one of these QNAP devices. So where this particular bug comes in, it's OpenSSL's uh, BN underscore mod underscore SQRT function. And how they attack this is it can be triggered by crafting a certificate that has some invalid curve parameters when it comes to uh, cryptography. And I'm not a cryptography expert. Um, but when it reads the certificate, it causes the function to loop forever. And this is what creates the DDoS um, scenario with the device. So vulnerable scenarios in which open SSL can be kind of utilized here is a, a TLS client consuming the server certificate, the TLS server consuming client certificates, hosting providers taking certificates or private keys from customers, certificate authorities parsing certification requests from subscribers, or anything else pretty much that parses the ASN.1 elliptic curve parameters. So any of those scenarios can trigger this DDoS kind of attack. If it's specifically crafted, uh, certificate triggers it. So QNAP has released a list of devices that are affected by the bug, uh, which is QTS 5.0 and later, QTS 4.5.4 and later, QTS 4.3.6 and later, QTS 4.3.4 and later, QTS 4.3.3 and later, QTS 4.2.6 and later, QTS Hero H5 uh, and later... QUTS Hero H4.5.4 and later, and QUTS Cloud C5 and later. So these are all the affected versions of it. Now, QNAP, for what you want to take it for, said that it's not aware of any exploits for the bug currently. Though, and this is why I, I, I say it with a little bit of hesitation, Italy's National Cybersecurity Agency, uh, CSIRT, uh, put out an advisory about this. And the advisory kind of suggests that, yeah, the exploits are already kind of out in the wild. Now, QNAP devices have been known to have kind of security woes. Another one that's currently ongoing, discovered earlier this month, uh, was a patch for the Dirty Pipe Linux kernel flaw, which once again, same as uh, the one we were just talking about, has no mitigation on QNAP NAS devices, and this one and that one's a flaw uh, uh, that allows a local privilege escalation to happen. Uh, so it, it's it's really <laughs> QNAP has not been having a good time, and, it, and it's not just these two vulnerabilities. QNAP, if you've been paying attention to the news. Uh, has had number of either ransomware or brute force attacks uh, since the beginning of this year. And in one of the things that I had to kind of laugh at, QNAP um, urged customers to get their NAS devices off of the internet because that's how exposed and how, they, you know, how much attack was going on for them. Now, in late January, QNAP did force out an unexpected and not... Entirely welcomed update to its NAS device, um, pretty much to, to, to try to defend against the Deadbolt ransomware. So, um, Deadbolt pretty much warned that it was going to start mounting a QNAP uh, offensive with ransomware. Uh, and just uh, a week after that report, Deadbolt was added again with a new wave of attacks. So, they're trying to, but they're kind of a little under the gun at this point. So if you have a QNAP device, I recommend one, you get it off your, off internet, you you keep it behind a firewall, whatever you have to do, just keep it from, from being exposed to the internet, um, and pay attention and make sure you're updating where possible. As I said, we've mentioned here in the story, two different non mitigation vulnerabilities that are currently going on. So you want to pay attention and you want to keep it secure. Um, and hopefully they'll be able to fix this stuff soon, but they are currently kind of under the gun from deadbolt ransomware attacking them. Now GitLab, if you're not familiar with it, which is a, a devops kind of platform, uh, released software updates to address a critical security vulnerability this week uh, that if it is exploited could permit an adversary to seize control of accounts. Kind of really scary. So To kind of give you the details, or if you want to look more of it, uh, the the CVE is tracked as 2022-1162, and has a CVSS score of 9.1 out of 10. So, really scary. Now, the good thing here is, unlike a lot of the vulnerabilities we talk about here, this was actually discovered internally by the GitLab team. So, GitLab explained this as... A hard-coded password was set for accounts registered using a OmniAuth provider, which is OAuth, LDAP, and SAML, in the GitLab CE EE versions 14.7 prior to 14.7.7, 14.8 prior to 14.8.5, and 14.9 prior to 14.9.2, allowing attackers to potentially take over accounts. Now, GitLab uh, has addressed this and patched this with its latest release. release. So, versions 14.9.2, 14.8.5, and 14.7.7 for GitLab Community Editions and Enterprise Editions are already patched against it. So, if you're under those versions, make sure you upgrade. It also said it took steps of resetting the password of an unspecified number of its users out of an abundance of caution, which... I know it could probably be annoying if that was one of your accounts but I will give them that when if you're not 100% positive that that information might have leaked you just go ahead and do it. Now GitLab has said our investigation shows no indication that users or accounts have been compromised. But I sure something said hey, probably just reset a number of users. Uh, so now If you are in the cloud, that's fine. If you have a self-managed instance, uh, GitLab has made it easy for you. They published a script which can be run to single out any accounts which are potentially impacted. And after the affected accounts are identified, it recommends uh, that a password reset be done just to be on the safe side. Now also addressed by this patch or these updates were two other high-severity uh, cross-site scru- cross scripting bugs tracked as CVE-2022-1175 and 2022-1190. Uh, there was also nine medium security vulnerabilities and five low-severity ones. So in this patch, they, they did quite a lot to patch some of these systems. Uh, as I said, the, the, there's, there was the cross-site scripting and the medium one, in the medium severity, there was stuff like denial of service or access tokens or um, incorrect uh, include in pipeline definition, which exposed uh, some variables. So why these weren't necessarily high level ones, uh, it was nice to see that overall, they patched a, a large number of things uh, to bring it up. So this is why Patches are not important. Um, Grant these two high severity ones should have already triggered you to go update, but the lesser ones that would have had lesser impact are still patched in this. So easily, if you have uh, a device that you're hosting your own uh, GitLab in, please update it immediately. Make sure these vulnerabilities are dealt with. Make sure your your environment is as safe as possible. Now, when you think Log4J has finally gone away, we are absolutely wrong uh, because Chinese hackers are are targeting VMware Horizon servers trying to utilize the Log4Shell access. So DeepPanda has been observed exploiting the Log4Shell vulnerability in VMware Horizon servers. Now, if you're not aware, uh, DeepPanda is a Chinese advanced persistent threat group. They uh, like to deploy a backdoor and a unique root kit on effective machines with the goal of just stealing sensitive data. Uh, now, if Deep Panda may not be a name you recognize, um, and usually with some of these a- uh, ATP groups, uh, there's a couple different names for them. They were also known as Shell Crew, Kung Fu Kittens, and Bronze Firestone. And what we know of them, they've been active since 2010. Uh, CrowdStrike. Assigned the name Deep Panda back in 2014, uh, and they also kind of listed them as the most advanced Chinese nation state cyber intrusion groups out there. And more recently, they've been kind of attacking legal firms, uh, trying to get data from them, uh, as well as some technology providers where they're trying to do like a command and control infrastructure. So they're kind of a little multifaceted there, but really the big bulk of what they're looking for is data. And if you work in the legal field, if you work for a law firm, these are kind of the ones, the group you should be looking out for. So Fortinet's FortiGuard Labs uh, said that the nature of targeting was opportunistic insofar that multiple infections in several countries and various sectors occurred on the same dates. So they pretty much scanned and found vulnerable stuff. And that's where they kind of went after. The victims belong to both the, uh, or not both, but the financial, academic, cosmetics, and travel industries that we're aware of. Now, what they do is the infection procedure is involved in exploiting the Log4j Remote Code Execution flaw, also known as Log4Shell, it, uh, on vulnerable VMware Horizon servers. And what they do is they try to spawn a chain of intermediate stages, ultimately leading to deployment of a backdoor dubbed Milestone, usually called 1.dll. Now, the funny thing is, is some of this code is based off the source code uh, from the infamous Ghost RAT, Remote Access Tool. Now, there are some notable difference in the command and control um, communication mechanism employed. Milestone is also designed to send information about the current sessions to the remote server, which is where the data, data exfil comes from. Uh, and they've added a kernel root kit called Fire Chili. And what's dangerous about this one is the Fire Chili is digitally signed with stolen certificates from game development companies. This allows it to evade detection by security software and conceal its file operations, process, registry keys, and network connections. Because as far as the computer is concerned, this is a game doing this. Now, as I said, it's Widely known that this is a Chinese nation-state actor. This comes from uh, Fortinet, who attributes it with the following information. They said uh, it, it it overlaps between the milestone and info admin RAT that they use, which is a remote access trojan used by the sophisticated hacking collective uh, as early as two thousand and ten. It has additional clues pointing to tacti- uh, tactical similarities. Uh, of that of the Winty Group. It's backed by the use of compromised digital certificates belonging to gaming companies, which was the choice target of Winty, as well as its command and control domain, gnisoft.com, which has previously been linked to the Chinese state-sponsored actor uh, back in May of 2020. Now, Fortinet said the reason these tools are linked to two different groups is unclear at this time. It's possible that the group's developers shared resources such as stolen certificates and C2 infrastructure with each other. This may explain why the samples were only signed several hours before being compiled. So, if you have right now a VMware Horizon server that at any point touches the internet, make sure you're you're patched for for Log4Shell or Log4J because there are people scanning it. And these... This group is not your, your script kitty, your uh, general malicious group of criminal hackers who are out there. They are way advanced. And if they want to get in, they will. But don't make it easy for them um, because they're scanning for it. They're looking for it. And once they exploit it, your data will be either exfiltrated or they'll use your infrastructure like they're using some of these uh, tech companies to build their own command and control server utilizing your resources. So you definitely don't want that. So make sure you do everything in your power to make sure you're patched and not just here, anywhere that log4j or log4shell is in your environment, make sure it's patched and protected against. All right, everyone, that was a great show. Thanks so much for joining me. Don't forget to check out the website, cybersecuritynewsbytes.com, and make sure you stay safe on the internet. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Cybersecurity Newsbite with Jim Guckin. Learn more about our show at cybersecuritynewsbyte.com.